count on one thing The same God that never fails Will not fail me now You won't fail me now In the waiting The same God who's never late Is working all things out You're working all things out Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Oh, yes, I Good evening, 412 Ministry. We are excited to be here with you tonight, and we are glad you are here with us. I, there is some exciting news going on here at Grace Community Church. The big news is, church this Sunday will, presume, will resume 
here live. So you get to come and watch Pastor Thad in person if you choose, or you can watch it online as you, if you choose. But because we're still social distancing, we, the 412 ministry decided to get together and be innovative. We wanted to come up with something that would help you to be able to figure out how to maintain social distancing. So that's why you see me here tonight modeling this what we call noodle safety suit. Okay, And so this noodle safety suit can be yours as well. We are going to be doing a fundraising event to, selling these to folks like you that have no sense and want to buy it. And, and we would love for you to participate. All right? So, so you may be saying, well, Chris, does that thing really work? It does. It really does. It's lightweight. It's mobile. It's easy to get around. And look, boom, look, it keeps me away from this thing. It's going to keep you away from other people. Listen, I went to Target. I walked through Target all over the place. And we know that there's a lot of weirdos at Target. And, and even those weirdos wouldn't come by me. So they stayed away. We maintain safe social distancing. In fact, my wife was with me. She wouldn't stay by me. So, so husbands, wives, maybe you want to social distance from your spouse. This is the ticket, people. And it's for, it's for sale. Listen, let me demonstrate how it can work. Sometimes you may say, look, I know how to social distance. I get it. But maybe other people don't. So I wanted to demonstrate, kind of like that guy that does that paste and makes the glue out of, uh, on a boat and goes sailing on nothing but glue. That works, I'm sure. And so does this, people. Can I get a volunteer there, Miss uh, Lady in the back? Yeah, come on up here. Come on up here. So let's say, let's say you're walking around Target and someone decides to get up all up in your space. So what you do is, is look at here, look at say, back up, get away from me, back, Satan, back, get down. This is my space, not today, Satan, not today, people. So you can see, this is versatile, this is versatile. It keeps people away, it's lightweight, it is. So look at this, all you got to do is simply take it off anytime you're ready. This can be yours for the low, low price of $84.95, $84.95, people, today and today only. But we're going to make special concessions for the first 20 callers. First 20, you get the second one free. Now, there's processing fees, and those processing fees are $84.95, but you can have it, all yours, okay? Get it while supplies last. Speaking of which, Andrew, we probably need more supplies because I took all your little things here. Um, but it's a great tool made right here in the great U.S. of A. This one was made right here in the great uh, Lloyd Lett closet, so... A lot of good things. Buy it for the 412 ministry. All right. Want to get that out of the way. Um, feel free. If you don't have my number, uh, good, but you can call Amanda. Order these things. Um, we're just glad that you're here and appreciate you being here with us tonight. And we're, we're glad that although we're here, you're getting the opportunity to sit at home, comfortable on your couch, you know, eating ice cream, your feet probably propped up while we're sitting here working. Um, yeah, Amanda, why are we doing this? Uh, no, no, I don't like them. I don't. Pretend. Okay. So we're going to pretend uh, that I like you. That's fine. So, so speaking of that, um, I, I need to clear the air. Last week, I took some pretty hard ridicule after the service. Pretty hard ridicule. Even though, even though Corey just taught on James 2, Apparently that message did not sink into some in this room. And they, because I ended the message and I said, I love you. I love you, you know. And eyes got big, you know. People were like, did you mean to say that? 
of course I did not mean to say that. Of course not. I, I, it, love is a big, that's a very strong word. Would I want to share that with you? No, but I did. It was like, it was like pre-chewed Brussels sprouts just spewing out of my mouth. It left a bitter taste. It left a bitter taste. I couldn't take it back, okay? But I guess I have to say, if, if you were to ask me, well, Chris, don't you love them? Listen, it's not about that. If I have to say, if I have to, love's a big word. I don't like to just throw it around lightly. But if I have to say it, well, then I guess, you know, a little. <laughs> See, that makes me nauseous. But you get it. I, I, okay, yes, I do. Fine, that's fine. But that's, that's something I'd like you to not know. In fact, I don't want to know it. I would like to bury that feeling deep down inside so only the Lord knows, okay? So let's just forget I ever said that. I don't want you to remember that moment in time. Another thing I would like to clear up, because I was ridiculed despite James 2, was the fact that I said, let's open our biblioteca. Hang on. Okay, you know, after the thing, Luke and Savannah come up, biblioteca means library. I said, I don't know. I don't speak French. And they said, it's not French. I said, whatever. I don't speak Italian either. I don't. So, you know, of course, Luke, uh, you know, that's Spanish for library. I said, whatever, Luke. You don't know. That's not right. And, and, and for the, just for you all to understand, I didn't say biblioteca as in library. I said, open your biblia, teca. Teca is my friend that was streaming this online and was opening their Bible, people. That's like saying, let's eat, Grandma. No, we're not going to eat Grandma. It's let's eat, comma, Grandma. That's why they say comma saves lives, right? Let's not eat grandma. We're going to eat, gram, eat with grandma. So Tekka texted me later. Of course, he opened his Biblia. So that was all I was saying. So I hope, Luke and Savannah, you feel terrible about ridiculing me after James 2 was taught. Okay? I just wanted to throw that out there because we all know that I don't make mistakes. None that I will admit. But many, of, many people do, like you. Our 412 ministry, you students are always making mistakes. It's just very evident. You have made more than your fair share of mistakes. But we need to recognize those mistakes. If I ever make some, I will, make, I will recognize that I made a mistake. I just don't. But you do. And so when you, when you make those mistakes, what we call fails, we need to fail with dignity, which I would do if because I'm very dignified. So... I thought tonight we would look at some of some test questions that my understanding came from some of your test papers. And I want to recognize you for doing such a good job in failing with, with dignity. It takes a lot to do that. So let's look at tonight how to fail a test with dignity. And again, these came from our 412 students. So for example... The first question said, explain why phosphorus, tetrachloride, blah, 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 is polar. Polar. That's a tough question. But Lane was right when he said, God made it that way. Way to go, Lane. That is always a good answer. Who can say God didn't make it that way? God made it that way. Lane, I'm so proud of you. The next one, the next question, I am not going to read all that. Let's just go to the bottom where it says, I can't read that. <laughs> 
Ah, I'm going to read it on this paper. Does the object continue to move after it comes to rest? If yes, how long will it go up the slope before it comes to rest? <laughs> That's a very deep question. And, and Izzy, Izzy, you did a great job. That, this says, no, there is an elephant in the way. Of course, Izzy. We know Izzy did this because of that picture of the elephant. That's how she draws her elephant. So she did a great job with that answer. Her sister came up with this one. Find the X. Here it is. It, it, Lexi's so smart. Uh, you can't get anything past that girl. Way to go, girl. This one is an interesting one. This was not from our youth. Thad was asking Teresa, what is nitrate? And so she replied, well, it's a cheaper rate than day rate. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, he didn't know. So, so, Teresa, thank you for helping Thad understand that a little better. What did Mahatma Gandhi and Genghis Khan have in common? Many people want to know. So Chesney explained, well, they both have unusual names. Unusual names. That's true. That's true, Chesney. So we give you credit. Way to fail with dignity. Name one of the early Romans' greatest achievements. One of their greatest achievements. I mean, there's so many, but what were the, one of their greatest achievements? Well, learning to speak Latin. Learning to speak Latin. Autumn was thinking outside of the box when she wrote that down. So good job, Autumn. Way to fail with dignity. Oh, this is a good one. This is name six animals which live specifically in the Arctic. Name six animals live specifically in the Arctic. Well, of course, there's two polar bears and four seals. Two polar bears and four seals. Those are specific. And Braden, we know that's Braden because he originally didn't have the math right. He put three and changed it to four. So, Braden, way to fail with dignity. Next, what is the meaning of the word varicose? <laughs> varicose. Cora thought it meant close by. That's, that, was, that was a good guess, Cora. It was wrong. It was wrong, but it was a good guess. Proud of you. How about this one? What is a fibula? What is a fibula? Well, according to Jasmine, it's a little lie. It's a little lie. Jasmine was probably right. I don't know. How about this? Why would living close to a mobile phone mast cause ill health? Hmm. So Lucy thought about that when she wrote, well, you might walk into it. And that's true. You might just walk into it. How about this one? Joanna works in an office. Her computer is a standalone system. What is a standalone computer system? Well, we went to our very own IT guy here at the church, Mr. Steve Bartlett, and he says, well, it doesn't come with a chair. That's what Steve Bartlett says. So I believe that man because he knows what he's talking about when it comes to standalone computer systems. How about this one? Where was Hadrian's Wall built? I don't know how to say that name. But apparently MK does because she said, well, it was around Hadrian's Garden. Hadrian's really into gardening, so I, we know that that was MK. Oh, wow. The race of people known as Malayan, known as Malays. There you go. The race of people known as Malays come from which country? According to Harrison, they come from malaria. Everybody knows that, he said. Everybody knows it's malaria. Way to go, Harrison. Hard and soft water. That's a good topic. Briefly explain what hard water is. Jessica says it's ice. She's been studying. Jessica, way to go, girl. Way to fail with dignity. 
And what was the American de- where was the American Declaration of Independence signed? Many have wondered. Corey said, at the bottom. So way to go, Corey. Corey, he went to Trustville. He did a great job there, so he, he learned a lot. Folks, we need to fail with dignity because you're going to fail. I've seen it, um, and, I, and I've tried to experience it vicariously through you. But we've got a video now to show how others handle adversity in their failures. So take a look at this video and see what you think.
Well, those people had some failures, but you could tell that they had dignity when they fell. Um, so anyway, I personally would love to take the youth group to something like that. Um, I expect that many of you wouldn't make it back. But as I've said many times before, I am willing to take that risk. Uh, I just don't know that your parents are. I feel like some of the parents would be like, take them, take them. But anyway, we'll see. Uh, I think it would be a lot of fun. We've we got to talk through that. So let's get, uh, let's get serious. Let's, uh, I hope you've had fun so far, but let's, let's get ready to worship the Lord. And uh, we're going we're gonna to start by reading some scripture, okay? So if you remember, this month, is the challenge is Psalms. So we're going through 1 through 31. Today is the 20th. We're going to read Psalm 20 today. So please join with me as we read uh, Psalm 20. It says, May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you up help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all, of, all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. Verse 4 goes on to say, May he grant you according to his, your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. We will rejoice in your salvation and in the name of our God we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his, holy, from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. Save, Lord, may the King answer us when we call. So let's pray. Father, we do thank you. We thank you that uh, despite... Our, um, our mistakes and our failures, Lord, that you still love us and that you, that you answer prayer. You hear us when we call on you. And, Father, we do that tonight. We call on you to ask that, that everything that we do tonight would be pleasing to you, would be glorifying to you, and that you administer us through your Holy Spirit. And, Father, that um, this week we would just apply what, what you teach us tonight through Corey's message. We just love you and we praise you in our Savior's name. Amen. All right, well, happy Wednesday, and next week um, we have, well, I, me and Luke, more than hope, have a surprise for you, so you need to make sure to stay tuned for that, because that'll be really good. Very excited for that, um, but for right now, if y'all just stand and worship with us, that'd be great.
so much for just sending um, your one and only son to die an awful death for so many sinners, Lord, and just thank you so much for that agape love that you have shown us. God, I pray you tonight that as Corey comes up, Lord, that you would just um, give him the words to speak, Lord, give him your words, and just help us to all be touched by what you have um, for us to hear, Lord, and I pray that we would just walk away closer to you. In your name I pray, amen. <coughs> Well, that was really good, Hope. Savannah, you can step your singing game up a little bit. <laughs> Wouldn't be me if I wasn't picking on Savannah. Um, <clears throat> we are going to see here. Beautiful. We're going to be talking about Book of James tonight. Um, title of tonight's lesson is going to be Pride Promotes Worldliness. And we will zoom forward a little bit to James chapter 4, 1 through 6. Um, and we're going to really kind of cut off at 4 tonight. Um, we're going to read through verse 6, but our study is going to conclude in verse 4. And uh, unless the Holy Spirit leads differently, we're going to pick up in verse 7 um, to kind of close this year out next week. Um, 
and go through a couple verses. Um, so that's kind of the, the game plan right now. Of course, if the Lord changes it, he changes it, and we'll be obedient to follow. Um, but let's read this, and then let's um, stop and, and pray. So uh, James chapter 4, we'll start in verse 1 and read through verse 6. So, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Father, um, Lord, you know what today has been like for each one of us. And Father, I must um, must admit that kind of coming into church tonight, I uh, came in with, a, with an open mind, Lord, just kind of a clear mind, and some things happened, and um, that would take my focus away, Father. And I just pray that you would remove those distractions from me, Father, that you would m- remove any distractions from um, anyone who's watching, Lord, or, or will watch in the future, that you would just kind of clear the mind, Lord, open our eyes and our ears to you and your word. Father, I pray that I would remain focused on the task at hand. Lord, and I I cannot do that apart from you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would give me strength. Lord, you would clear my mind. You would give me good recall. Father, I pray that um, I've been obedient in this this week, Lord, in, in looking in your word and, and trying to find out the truth and what it really means here. And, and Father, I, I pray that if I've been wrong in any of that at this point, Lord, you would just stop me. Lord, you would stop words from leaving my mouth and um, that everything that is said would, would bring honor and glory to you. Father, um, I, I want to, to teach the, the truth. Lord, teach who you are, what you desire from us. And Father, I, I cannot do that apart from you. So Father, I pray that you would control my tongue. Lord, you would control my mind. Lord, you would just seize it over the next 20 or 30 minutes. And Lord, um, anything else, Lord, would just kind of go away, just fade away, and it would be all about you. Father, I pray that um, you've been glorified in the worship up to this point, that you would be glorified in the learning, and that you would be glorified in the worship that's coming after this, Lord. Um, and Lord, I just pray that you would be with the leadership of this church as they're really coming together with plans on how to kind of come back as a fellowship, and um, but yet in a healthy way, Father. And I just pray that you would keep us safe, Lord, protect us, um, but help us have that fellowship that, that I know we also desire. Father, I commit those things to you, Lord, a God who is capable of doing all of that and so much more. Lord, I, I trust you and I love you, and it's in your name that I pray. Amen. All right. <clears throat> so, James chapter 4, verse 1. We're going to kind of uh, do what we normally do. We're going to go through, look at a couple of key words, 
um, kind of define those terms, kind of bring a summary of each verse, and then we'll kind of wrap it all up in a nice little present at the very end. We'll wrap up the first four verses and summarize that. And uh, as normal, if you've got a question, please um, text Amanda. If it's too intelligent for me, I won't answer. So there you go. There's that. Um, so anyways, also, before we really get like super serious, I just want to say how much money I would pay to see y'all get on that obstacle course. Like, to see y'all catapulted into something, I would pay so much money. So if money is an issue, get with me because I'll pay your way. Okay, I just want to see you hurt. That's all. So anyways, let's get serious now. Really, um, James chapter 4, verse 1. All right, so when we're reading through this, we'll read it. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? Okay, so this um, term for wars is really communicating a dispute, a, a quarrel, a strife. It's kind of a fight, an external fight. So, um, you know, like I normally pick on Luke because he thinks he's like a CrossFit god or something. And so, you know, I always pick on him and tell him how much I can beat him up on, you know, live stream, and he can't do anything about it because he's back there. So um, stay back there, and uh, don't come up here. Don't prove that you're CrossFit, dude. But anyways, it would be as if me and him are having an external fight, one in which we all know I would win. So um, this among you, okay? Now remember context here. The audience of the book of James is the 12 tribes scattered abroad. Okay, and I think this is going to be important for us to remember as we go through this verse, through this section here. Um, but it is the 12 tribes that are scattered abroad. Okay, and this term for desires, it's, it's a desire for pleasure. Okay, so do they not come from your desires for pleasure? So these are feelings, emotions, things of that nature. Okay, and it's really cool how James in this section uses the word, we see it in English here, the wars, twice. But when you're looking at it in the Greek, it's actually two different words. Okay, so the first word we, were, we talked about is kind of an external fight. Okay, it's a fight of where Luke and I are throwing haymakers and he's landing on the ground and not getting up because I beat him up. And the second word for war is more of an internal fight, okay? It's the fight, it's passions that disquiet the soul, okay? That disquiet the soul. So when we think of the second word for war here, that war in your members, I, I want us to really get what James is saying here. We've kind of left the wars from an external standpoint, throwing punches to a war of an internal struggle, okay? And it's members. This is going to be a member, like a limb. It's a member of the human body. Okay, so it's that, it, it, again, points to the internal struggle of, of us, of, of people. All right, so what James is saying here is that strife comes to us from our desires for pleasure that fight in our body. Remember that inner person. So our soul loses its quiet state due to these desires. So <clears throat> I think it's really cool um, how that kind of works because what's happening here is all this strife, all this lack of peace that, that we have in our lives at, at times can really just boil down to our desire for pleasure that really just at the end of the day for a believer is just going to burn up. Okay, these aren't godly things. These are more of a, of a pride thing. It's, 
I want this worldly possession. I desire it. I, I want to have it because it will bring me a temporary pleasure. And in that struggle, there's this internal struggle that kind of eliminates my temporary peace that I might have had. Okay? So it's, it's kind of a big deal, I mean, quite honestly. All right? James chapter 4, verses 2. You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Okay, so we see that term war again. But we also see lust. And this, this term for lust is really communicating evil desires. It's, it's coveting. Okay, when, I, when we see this word for lust, um, times you'll see that from a physical standpoint. You know, a man lusts after a woman or vice versa. Um, that's not really what's being communicated here. This is more of a coveting standpoint, okay? It's wanting what someone else has, okay? It's an evil desire, all right? The term for murder, um, as I, I'm just being honest with y'all, as I study um, the English word and the Greek word, I, at times, am blown away by the definition because maybe I look at an English word and I go, okay, that kind of communicates this, and then I look at maybe the Greek and I go, whoa, that's communicating something totally different than what I was thinking it meant, um, and in this case, I looked at and I went, murder, uh, we must be talking about something else. But no, this word literally means murder. Um, I mean, it's, it's a good translation here from the Greek to the English. So I just wanted to point that out because when I originally read this, I was like, it's probably not like murder as in like, bang, I just shot Savannah and now she's dead. Um, but that is what this is. So there you go. Savannah's dead. All right, fight. It's to quarrel of those who contend at law for property and privileges. Okay, so this, this fighting is not as much of a um, hand-to-hand combat as the fight was in verse 1, but this is more of a, like a legal dispute. I'm going after property, going after a, a privilege, okay? You fight in war, and, and so again, it, it's going into... James is covering a lot of bases here. I mean, physical fights, the internal struggle. Um, we're covering fighting for property or fighting for privilege, um, things like that. I mean, we don't really understand privilege in today's society as much, I guess, um, in the sense that I'm about to communicate because back then, you know, if you're a firstborn, um, you had a lot of privilege that some of your siblings did not inheritance and things of that nature and so you had a lot of fighting for privilege and that's what that kind of communicates there okay so we have what james is saying here is we have these evil desires but yet we don't have what we want we don't have what we want we murder and covet yet we can't obtain we fight for things of this world i mean we fight we fight we fight we fight for these things and we don't have because we don't ask now this asking, as we're going to see, is pretty important um, as we kind of see what it means. But so very often, we don't actually do it. I mean, not in the way that James is communicating here. I mean, it might be a, hey, God, I really want that Ferrari. So it'd be cool if you might airmail me a Ferrari. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Um, that's not the asking that James is talking about here. That's like complete opposite. All right. I think Luke just got mad and kicked the cabinet because he thought I was talking about him. So, um, anyways, this, that's not the asking that James is talking about. 
Um, this is more of a prideful thing, right? Uh, we don't want to submit to God. And that's why we don't ask. That's why we don't come to God and, and truly ask in the way that he desires because our pride is, is stopping that from happening. Because truly asking God for stuff requires submission on our part. It it's requires us to understand the hierarchy of God's here and we're here. And we so often want to think that it's here or more often that it's here, that God's beneath us. And so that's the kind of asking that it's like, like he's a genie and he's here to serve us. But the asking that James is talking about is here and it's coming to him and going, I understand your authority, I believe it, and whatever you want is what I'll do. <clears throat> All right, James 4, 3. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Okay, so James, again, he kind of goes further into this thought process of asking, and he explains that, yeah, okay, even though you may ask, you're not receiving. Why? Because they're asking amiss, and this, this is an improper way of asking. It's wrong. It's asking with an, a bad intent. Asking with a bad intent. And this to spend, this is to waste or squander. This is to waste or squander. So he's saying you ask with a bad intent because what you're going to do is you're going to waste what God is going to give you. That's why he's not going to give it to you because you're just going to waste it. You're just going to squander it. So why don't we receive... It is because we don't ask with God's interest at heart, but ours. When we ask for things and we don't receive it, it's typically because we're not going to God and asking because we have God's plan in mind. It's because we have our plan in mind. We're being lustful. We want what we want, not so that we can serve God or submit to him, but so that we can fulfill our earthly pleasures. That's what James is talking about here. It's not... It's, it's, again, it goes back to that hierarchy. We're not coming to God and asking for things because we want to turn it back and give it to him. It's, I want the Ferrari. Why? Because I want the Ferrari. It's not so that I can use it to pick up people and go to church. It's because I want the Ferrari. And so that's not what God's interested in here. All right, remember, we can't trick God. He knows our hearts and our thoughts. And so I just know especially some of you, not throwing any names out, but <clears throat> Colby, um, some of you are going to go, oh, okay, I can get this asking thing down. And I'll uh, be like, yo, God, I want a Ferrari so I can take people to church. But in your heart, you're like, nah, I want the Ferrari because I think I'm going to look good driving the Ferrari. And uh, bottom line is, he knows your heart. He knows your thoughts. You're not going to get away with it, okay? So, don't even try and lie to God, because now you've not only have a bad attitude about it, but now you're lying. You've doubled your sin up, so don't be doing that. All right? Whoa, that went far. Oh, okay. James 4.4. 4. I guess I, did, I forgot to do the animation on this one. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Now, this is pretty strong language here. I mean, James really, he really takes a turn here from a, hey, I'm leading you in this, to 
now he's the one throwing these haymakers, right? I mean, he's, he is slapping you in the face in a figurative way. I mean, he's using figurative language here, calling us adulterers and adulteresses. But what that means is one who is faithless towards God or one who is unclean. Okay, so when we read these words, I want us to hear and, and understand that what we're talking about is people who are faithless towards God, people who are unclean. Okay, typically in the word you have, when you read these words, it's typically in a, like a marriage aspect, a husband and a wife, and one has been unfaithful, one has committed an affair, and so that person is an adulterer or an adulteress. And we'll get to that, but that's not exactly what James is communicating here, okay? It, it's being unclean. It's being faithless towards God, okay? This enmity, this is enmity towards God. And if you're like me and you don't really know what that word means, you Google it. And so that's what we did. We Googled it, and it means a state or feeling of being actively opposed or hostile to someone or something, okay? Now, we know who this someone is very clearly says it in here. It's with God, and we see the definition of, of the Greek word of enmity, and it's towards God. So this right here, correct me if I'm wrong, but adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is an active or hostile feeling towards God? You faithless, you unclean person, that's what this says, right? You faithless, unclean person, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility? It's active opposition to God. That is very strong language from James. Very strong. All right? He goes a little further. Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And again, this, this word for enemy is communicating an active hostility. It's hating. It's opposing another. This is pretty serious. Heads up, if you haven't already experienced that the world is drawing you in at all times. All times. Let me just go ahead and let you know it's going to continue, number one. But number two... According to James chapter 4, verse 4, you want to be a friend of the world? You're being actively hostile, you're hating, and you're in a direct opposition of God. There's no middle ground here, guys. Selfishly, and in a human, in, human nature, I, I wish there was. I wish there was a middle ground that I could cling to and go... Oh, some of the world is good, and I can have some of God, and that's, I'm good in both areas. And, but that is not biblical. It is not. Not from this passage. When I read this and I look at the language that James is using, to be a friend of the world is to be an enemy of God. And that enemy is communicating hatred and opposition. I stand for nothing God stands for. That's being a friend of the world. Summarize. We being the bride of Christ, because if you're going to claim salvation, if you're going to claim to be a born-again believer in Christ, then you're claiming to be a bride of Christ. So we being the bride of Christ are like adulterers and adulteresses. Now, not in a physical way are we cheating on God, but we are spiritually. If we're doing these things here, we are spiritually cheating on God when we make ourselves to be friends of the world instead of submitting to him. 
this section is, is very hard to read through. It's even harder when you really study it and you see what James is, is really saying here. Because when you get through truly studying God's truth here, you've got to walk away going, am I going to choose this world or am I going to choose God? There is no middle ground. There is nothing in the middle. There is God and friend of God or there is the world and being a friend of the world. But you can't be both. That's what James is saying. All right? And we'll take a close look at this friendship with the world. But if you just were to go, meh, you know what? James, not that smart of a dude. He probably doesn't know what he's talking about. Okay, I got you. Matthew 6.24. Turn to Matthew 6.24. Matthew 6, 24. This is Jesus talking. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. And very simple, you cannot serve God and mammon. You can't do it. You're going to throw James out, you've got to throw Matthew out too, and then you've got to throw Christ out with him. These are very bold statements that James is making, but it's God's, God's word, and we've got to wrestle with it. It's not a fun wrestling match, but it's one that has to be made. It is impossible to serve both God and this world. You will have friendship with one or the other. Again, no middle ground. I don't see where Christ said, you can sort of serve me and you can sort of serve the world. I don't see where Matthew says it and I don't see where James says it. All three of them say it's one or the other. There's no in-between. I want us to think about our friends. About our friends. Particularly maybe our best friends. All right? best friend. So friendship conveys the idea of bringing on the ideas and ideals of someone else to yourself. So being a friend of this world would mean we are taking in some of the ideals of this world instead of God. Okay. Um, Luke and I, over the last couple of years, what, two or three years, something like that, over the last couple of years, we've become really close friends. Um, He may not want to say that on live stream after I've, you know, verbally assaulted him a couple of times on a couple of different lessons. Um, But I think any other time he would say that he is one of my closer friends. Um, And I think if he was to say that, he would probably have to come to the admission that I've rubbed off on him in some ways. Maybe not any good ways, but I've rubbed off on him. And he has rubbed off on me as well. That's what happens in a friendship. I mean, that's just, it's natural when you have somebody that you go to, that you, you spend time with, you talk to, and you, you build a relationship with, you kind of just rub off on each other to some degree. And that's, that's kind of what's happening here is to be a friend of the world, you're going to look like the world, act like the world, talk like the world, smell like the world, and ultimately be the world. But 
to be a friend of God, that's where the change happens, right? I mean, it's natural for us to look like the world. We are the world. I mean, apart from God, we are the world. And so that's what we should be seeing in a believer's life is some kind of changing happen. You, you, you can't be a friend of God for 85 years and not become to look a little bit like God in some degree. I can tell you personally that the Lord has changed me over the last, I don't know, 22 years or so. Yeah, I got saved around six or seven. I'm 29, so 21, 22, 23 years, somewhere in that area. I don't look like I used to look, not just from a, from a physical standpoint, but the Lord's changed my mind. He's changed my heart, and he's still doing work. I mean, I have such a long way to go, but the Lord has, has changed who Corey is and what Corey looks like. And, he, and he's not just that, but Amanda and Chris and Savannah. I mean, Luke, you can, you, Alex, I mean, you can see the work that the Lord is doing in a believer's life. It's not instantaneous. It's not like your night and day difference, but there's some kind of change. And, and I, this is, these are hard conversations to have because from my standpoint, I, I don't want a born-again believer to doubt their salvation because they might look like the world today, but tomorrow they look like a believer. But on the flip side, I, I, I absolutely do not want someone in, in this ministry, in 412 ministry, to think themselves to be a believer, but right now be in direct opposition of God and hate Him. So I don't know what else to do other than to declare God's truth right here in this book and go, you know what? To be a friend of God is to be an enemy of the world, and to be a friend of the world is to be an enemy of God, and I don't see a middle ground. So my heart is not that we would all run home and cry all night because we don't know if we're saved or not. My, my heart is not to make anyone doubt their salvation. But my heart is, is similar to Paul's, I would hope, and, and that we would just evaluate. Evaluate yourself. It's biblical. Test yourself. See if you're in the faith. And so that would be my heart here, is that we would all take a, a look into who we are who we were apart from Christ, who we are in God, and, and hopefully we can see some kind of change. Hopefully we can see that maybe we don't desire the world like we used to. Again, we're not talking about perfection here. This is not a sinless perfection that we're talking about, that James is talking about. But we should look different. Okay? To summarize this, this, these four verses... Pride promotes worldliness. Pride promotes worldliness. Fights break out in believers due to pride and evil desires. Thad gives homework a lot of the times, so I'll give you some homework. Y'all are all homeschooled right now anyways. You need some kind of homework. Um, find me... Two people, I don't care the age, I don't care they're male or female, don't care about any of that. Find me two people who are both believers, who are both walking with the Lord, currently growing in the Lord, who have a fight. Can't do it. 
I mean, I'll just go ahead and solve your homework problem for you. You can't do it. Believers who are walking right behind the Holy Spirit, following the Holy Spirit, are not breaking out of fights. Believers who break out of fights do so to sin. It's pride and it's evil desires. Fights happen because we are so focused on this world instead of God. As believers, if our mindset was so entrenched on God that we lost focus of what this world had to offer, we would look so much more like the, like the church and what was it, Acts 4? There's you some more homework. Read, what is it, Acts 4, I believe? No, Acts 2. Acts 2, verse 40 through 47. 40 through 47. Read those seven, eight verses. That's what a biblical church looks like. If we were so focused on God, that's what we would look like. In James, we ask, but we ask selfishly. Right? We see that. There in verse 3, you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures, your selfish gain. We don't have God in mind. Read this area and tell me where this person that James is talking about has their focus on God. It's not. Tough pill. We are spiritual cheaters to be an enemy of God is to not be saved. You can't hate God and be directly opposed to God and yet be a believer. We must submit to God, not this world. That, that is like not optional. I mean, we have to submit to God. You want to have peace in your life? Submit to the Lord. You want to be a friend of God? Submit to the Lord. You want to see growth in your life? Submit to the Lord. You want to have joy in your life? Submit to the Lord. I, I, I know personally a good gauge for me. I can look at my life, and if things are going crazy, maybe emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically, whatever it is, if things are just cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs in my life, I can check the submission meter of my life to the Lord. Typically, things can be going crazy outside. But I still have peace and I still have joy when my submission barometer is very high. But when that submission has fallen low and I'm no longer really concerned about what the Lord wants for Corey, but I'm more concerned about what Corey wants for Corey, that's when my life tends to go awry when things happen. So, look at what your submission to God looks like. If it's steadfast, if it's steady, if it's built in a solid foundation, the winds of life can happen. They can come, and, and you'll be okay. Um, things may be going crazy, but you'll still have peace. You'll still have your joy. Now, this is a um, difficult text to read through. The book of James is a difficult book to read through in and of itself. I think it's why it was almost not even voted into canonicity. It's just difficult. But what I do know is that it's part of God's holy word. We've got to read it. We've got to take it as it is. We've got to apply it. My challenge to us is that we would. We would evaluate ourselves. We would check our submission to the Lord. My hope 
is that one day all of what is currently 412 ministry can be so submitted to the Lord that wherever y'all are in life 10 years from now, y'all would look like Acts chapter 2, verses 40 through 47. I encourage you to read it. It's a really cool section of Scripture. Um, it is a really cool section of what the church is supposed to look like. Um, let's go to the Lord in some prayer, and uh, then let's worship Him with our hearts and attitudes. The Heavenly Father, Lord, um, I'm so thankful for the book of James. Lord, I'm so thankful for the other books as well, but James has just always stuck out to me. And I think it's because it's such a difficult book for me personally. He addresses so many issues that um, that just quite frankly rip me apart. Lord, the untamable tongue, the mouth. Lord, you know me. You know me intimately. You know all my failures. Lord, I heaped them upon your shoulders on the cross. Lord, I'm so thankful for your salvation. I'm thankful that it has nothing to do with me and everything to do with you. Lord, I'm thankful that I can read sections like this and have security because my salvation is not dependent on my works or my ability to maintain a salvation, Lord, but just because you gave me salvation. And you promised me that what you gave me, you won't take back. Lord, I'm so thankful for your word, for scripture, that gives me that peace, that gives me that confidence. Lord, I'm thankful. Um, Lord, I, I can attest, I don't know how long it was, 20 or 30 minutes, but Lord, I, I was focused on your word, and I'm thankful for you answering that prayer for me. Lord, you are an awesome God. Father, I again just want to lift up our leadership to you, the elders of this church, Father, that um, you would just give them a wisdom, Lord, to know exactly what to do, when to do it, how to do it, Lord, and that they would just be men that are just so entrenched on following your Holy Spirit wherever he may lead us. Lord, I pray that we as a congregation would, um, Lord, that we would trust that leadership. Lord, that we would look to that leadership and we would follow that leadership as long as that leadership is following you. Lord, it's a beautiful picture what you have in your word. Father, I'm thankful for the men of this church who do lead us. Father, I pray that um, they would just be so focused on who you are. Lord, um, I'm thankful for this ministry. Lord, I miss the kids. Lord, I'm looking forward to any events that we may can do this summer with them. Uh, Lord, I, I pray that you would just um, continue to do this work of opening things back up, Lord. Um, and I'm thankful for your endurance that you've given us in this time of just being at the house, Lord, a lot more than what we're used to. Lord, thank you for sustaining us, for keeping us safe, for not allowing any more things to happen. Lord, I pray that um, we've used this time to grow in you, Father. Father, I pray that we would take serious your word, that we would study it, we would eat it, we would chew on it, Lord. 
Lord, I'm thankful that we're not dependent on people like me and Thad to, to grow a church, Father, that it's all you. And Lord, that we have so many copies of your Bible that we all can have multiple copies sitting at the house and we can read it for ourselves. Lord, that we're not dependent on men to teach us about your word because we've got your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that we would take that serious, Lord, and that we would each personally dive into your word and learn what it says, Lord, and to trust it and, and to commit our lives to it. Father, you are an awesome God. I love you, and I pray that the worship would be satisfactory, Lord, that our hearts would be in tune with it, and we would really just be focused on praising you and worshiping you because you alone are worthy to be praised. Lord, keep us safe. Lord, I pray uh, real quick for Rusty, Lord, um, at work. Father, I pray that you would be with the Franklin family, Father, that you would um, heal him, bring him back to us, Father. Lord, um, give the doctors wisdom in what they're doing. Lord, I, I don't know much, but Lord, what I do know is that you are in control. And 2,000 years ago, Lord, you, you knew what was going to happen. You were king then, you were king yesterday, you're king today, and you'll be king tomorrow. Lord, I love you. And it's in these, in your name that I pray, and I trust all these things. Amen. And all the 
so much for tonight. God, thank you just for giving us a place and a way to still gather together in the midst of the chaos, God. Um, Lord, I just thank you so much for the message. Um, the messages haven't been easy lately, but God, there is such a need for the hard messages. Um, and God, I pray that we would take um, what you have taught us tonight to heart, Lord, that we would just use that in our everyday life, that we would walk closer and closer to you each and every day. God, I pray that you would just continually sanctify us in your word and in you, God. Thank you so much for who you are and for who you're not. In your name I pray, amen. All right, as we wrap up, let's uh, go through a few final announcements. One that I, uh, I just touched on earlier. Don't forget the Bible challenge. That's our uh, Psalms, the book of uh, the 1 through 31, one chapter a day. You can do it. We read a whole chapter tonight. It's real easy, real quick. So uh, just commit yourself and your time to doing that one chapter a day, okay? Psalms 1 through 31, tomorrow would be chapter 21. I'm confident you can do it. All right, ladies, ladies Bible study. May 21st will be the next one, so that's tomorrow, 7 o'clock. They're studying Hebrews. Reach out to Megan or Amanda if you do not know how to get on or you want some more information about it, okay? I mentioned it earlier. This Sunday... The 24th, two services. First service is 845, second service is 1045. All you 412 ministry students, uh, the, the first service is for the more mature adults. And believe me, you're not very mature. So we would encourage the 412 ministry, to, unless your parents are going to the earlier one, hit that second service. If you can be here, uh, we'd love for, you to, love for you to make it. Otherwise, you can still watch it online, stream it online, okay? And don't forget, all of you that have been trying to get a hold of me, if you're wanting one of those noodle safety suits, just feel free to reach out. I, and by the way, special thanks to Lloyd Lett for that because, um, well, I used almost all of his duct tape. I didn't ask him, so my apologies, Lloyd. Listen, if you will wear that suit, I'm going to give it to you. Which brings me to my second special thank, and that, thanks, and that goes to Andrea Stovall who loaned those noodles to me, and I just gave them away to Lloyd. So you two duke it out. Just get it on video. But thanks to both of you for letting me put that together. Wednesday night meetings. Next week, folks, is our last 
meeting for, the, for this school year, okay? We're going to try to do some stuff this summer, but as far as our streaming video, next Wednesday is it. We hope that you will join us. Uh, uh, Savannah mentioned it earlier. We got a, they got a special thing going on. I don't want to spoil the surprise, but it's probably going to be involving me singing. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, that's not it. But we encourage you to be here, okay? Last Sunday. So we miss you. Hope to see you soon. But until then, uh, have a good week and God bless.